Welcome to the Blue Collar Nation podcast, the podcast dedicated to making the lives of blue collar business owners better. Before we start the show, may we ask you for a quick favor. Eric and Larry work very hard at delivering the best free content possible. Please help them out by going to iTunes and subscribing, and please leave them a five-star review. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and peers. Now, on to the show. Hey, everybody. It's Eric with the Blue Collar Nation podcast, and welcome to this week's show. I am running solo today. Uh, I am traveling, and I'm in Maine, uh, where I grew up, and Larry is... Well, Larry's getting his house packed up. Larry is uh, trading in the house for a van and doing van life. So that has been a, a long-standing goal for Larry, probably a decade old. And uh, now that he's, a, you know, an empty nester and his kids are off at school and his daughter just graduated from law school and is taking the bar exam today, actually, uh, Larry is now prepare, preparing to travel the country for Supertech University. And uh, he will not be with us today. So in Larry's absence, for those of you who listen to the podcast all the time, every week always starts with Larry introducing himself and then me. And then he likes to pick a word out of the dictionary to describe all of my faults. And I'd like to think that I'm a pretty good sport about this. Uh, and he usually will take a pretty good jab at me every week. So in Larry's absence, I am going to take a jab at him this week. Uh, he does not know this yet. So we are going to pick a word that I think describes Larry and uh, in all of his glory. So the word for Larry for this week is scattered. And uh, according to the dictionary, some synonyms with scattered is disorderly, messy, spread out, rambling, disseminated, disorganized, and, and diffused. So, um, you know, Larry loves to, to you know, kind of take shots at me. And Larry, I am taking shots at you this week. Uh, it's pro I'm probably not doing it as fun as Larry does it, obviously. And there's only, only me here. So, but I had to take the chance and uh, give Larry a little bit of a taste of his own medicine this week. So, Larry, you are scattered, my friend. All right. And that leads us to the next thing before we get into the show. And this is going to be a little bit shorter show, by the way. It's just me. But I want to take a moment to talk about our main sponsor, which is Supertech University. And Supertech University is soft skills training for service technicians. And, and actually anybody that works in a service business, you know, the CSRs up in the office, the admin team, and anybody who's interacting with clients, right? There is a longstanding study from Harvard University that states that 85% of success is derived from having good soft skills and only 15% of our success is due to our technical abilities. And in our world, in the home services space, that runs counter to how most of us operate. And it certainly was counter to how Larry and I, I operated for a long time. But as we took this soft skills training on for our team, we just saw amazing changes. And we saw amazing change enough to actually start a business teaching soft skills. So that's what I'm passionate about. That's what Larry's passionate about. So Supertech University is a video training series. We will send you a video every morning. They're very short, three to five minutes where we're dripping on your team, teaching them these soft skills, these 
these 85% rule, I call them, you know, to success because look, you could have the greatest soft skills as an owner or manager or, you know, some sort of leader in the company, but unless the people that are out doing the work with your clients every day also have good soft skills, you cannot maximize your success. So we work on things like personal development, job site behavior, disc model of human behavior, sales training, service training, all the little things that clients really love and they separate our company from our competitors, right? So if you want to get involved with Supertech University and check it out, we have packages that start as low as $47 a month. And that's not just per person, that's $47 a month for your whole team. I mean, think about how cheap that is. Our most popular package, our gold package, costs about what it costs you right now to fill up a tank of gas in a truck or a van, right? So you could train your entire team every single day on these skills that, you know, it's been proven that 85% of our success derives from for what it costs you to fill up your van. So go to supertechu.com, check out some of the sample videos, check out, you know, some of the amazing testimonials we have there, and then go sign up, go sign up. And if you're a little unsure, look, it's month to month. If you don't like it, you can just always leave the next month. If you're a little unsure, start at the $47 package, but our most popular package is our gold package. So check that out, supertechu.com. Okay. And on to the show. So uh, I've done enough pitching for SuperTechU already. And, you know, we have a lot of really cool guests coming up, but we had a little lull this week with recording. And, I, you know, I was thinking on the airplane as I flew to Maine today, like, geez, we got to get a podcast out. What am I, I going to talk about? And I really didn't know. It's, it's like midnight right now where I'm recording. And um, I, I'm home. My, my, for those who don't listen very often, my dad recently passed away. I grew up in Portland, Maine, a very blue collar area at the time. And, um, you know, my dad passed away. My mom, we moved her out near Utah and I'm I'm back here to uh, close on the house and kind of, you know, finish up all the details for our family. And that will be the end of Maine for, for me. And, uh, just got back right now from dinner with a childhood friend, known him since I was like 10 years old, like fifth grade. We've been very good friends since he was a, a Portland cop for, 33 years or something like that. And we were just having dinner and reminiscing about our childhood and how we grew up and how different it is from today. And, you know, in the good with that and the bad with that. And, you know, as he left and I was driving back to my hotel, you know, it started to dawn on me. You know, I think as we do, when we reach middle age, we start to reminisce and think about what were the things that could have been done differently? What are the things that could have been done better And it really led me to thinking about the trades because uh, I was not a particularly good student. It didn't mean that I wasn't smart. I just didn't like to sit in class all day and listen to Charlie Brown's teacher drone on. I used to like to look out the window and think of like, I'd see, you know, vans and trucks and, you know, heavy machinery driving down the road past my high school. And I always be like, well, I wonder what those guys are doing because it's got to be more fun than what I'm doing sitting here you know, listen to the blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I, I actually went to a guidance counselor after, or I guess it was kind of the end of my freshman year and said, hey, you know, I don't think school is a good fit for me. You know, I see the guys out of the technical school, the Voc Tech, doing 
what looks to me like fun things. Can I go to, could I, you know, transfer to vocational school? And I remember the answer, like it was yesterday. He was like, Eric, you're an athlete. Athletes don't go to Vogue Tech. Burnouts go to Vogue Tech. And I'm thinking to myself, I got a lot of friends in Vogue Tech. And okay, yeah, maybe they are a little bit burnouts, but they're super smart and they're really good with their hands. And they're doing work that like, I think I'm well suited for. So, you know, in mid eighties, I wasn't going to rock the boat. I wanted to continue to play sports. So I just kind of went back to school and suffered through the next three years and got out and had no idea what to do with my life. And, you know, back then everybody's saying college, 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 you got to go to college. And, uh, you know, I went to college. I actually started my career, college career, <laughs> that's loosely defined. I started college on academic probation. They could only find one college that would take me. And, uh, and I went and, and, you know, like a lot of kids, I, I really had no idea what I was going to do. Like I didn't have a goal and I would come back and work, you know, kind of blue collar s jobs every summer. I'd have usually a couple jobs every summer and I liked them and they fit me well. Right. And it, it really started me thinking, you know, if the, if the guidance counselor had maybe had the tools, maybe the mindset had been different. My whole trajectory could have been a lot better. You know, I wasted what, what are you in freshman high school? You're like 14. So I wasted from like 14 to 24. So a decade out of my life just to come full circle and come into the trades. And it was like, everything was against me to come in the trades. And, you know, we've had Ken Midget on who is uh, you know, known as coach. I uh, was like the plumbing instructor of the, I believe the whole nation a couple of years. And, uh, you know, he talks about if you don't get the kids by, junior high, you don't get them in vocational school. And more importantly, if the parents don't buy into vocational school, the kids are, are not going to go. And think of how many kids are like me. Think of how many kids their parents are like, no, no, you know, little Susie or little Johnny, you don't want to go to vocational school. That's not where the, the successful kids go or whatever. And, and we all know that's not true. I mean, I suggest reading Josh Zolan's book, Blue is the New White. Josh, I think, is probably the leader of this whole movement to, uh, I guess, legitimate, legitimize the trades. Uh, Josh does an amazing job, but there's many people, you know, Coach Ken Midget, um, you know, electrical training. There's Tim, Tim Regan. I believe Tim's in New Jersey. We've had him on the show. Uh, Rich Malachy with, uh, you know, FedCon and Malachy Parts and Service. Rich is big on this. And we have a lot of people that are big on this. And, you know, we have friend after friend after friend in this industry that could probably retell some version of the same story that I'm telling about myself. So, you know, I, I started thinking tonight as I was driving back to the hotel, like, what, what would have, what would it look like to be, you know, kind of the perfect scenario? Like if I was that kid at freshman year going into a guidance council, like what should it look like? You know, and I, and I think back and I, you know, if somebody had said to me, okay, Eric, you know, you don't like school, you're athletic. So you, you, you're, you're used to working hard. You're used to sweating. You're used to getting dirty and bloody knuckles playing football and, and you know, all the things that we encounter as field technicians, you know, that's a perfect match. You know, my restoration company, I did everything in my power to hire as many athletes, both male and female. As I could, because 
They were used to being coached. They were used to practicing things to get better. And they were used to doing physical labor and generally liking it, right? So I, I think there's a, I mean, obviously you can get non-athletes that have all those qualities too, but athletes are very, it's kind of baked into the equation for them. So if I had gone in and said, okay, they said, okay, Eric, you're, you're athletic and you know, you're going to fit this line of work quite well. And I think it fits your skill set. Okay. Well, here's, here's how it works. You know, you have basically, you know, this might, isn't a complete list, but you're going to have to learn how to be a technician first. And then if you want to move past that, you're going to have to learn how to be kind of a crew chief and a manager. And these have these skills attached to it. And then you're going to have to either, you know, kind of go the project manager route or maybe the, like the estimator comfort advisor route where you're learning, you know, either running bigger jobs, running multiple crews, the skills that require from there or how to sell, how to market, how to do all these things. And then, you know, if you want to someday be an owner, you need to learn all of these skills. And then if you can do that here at vocational school, we have classes that do all these things. And then, you know, you're going to leave here at 18 go immediately to an apprenticeship or some sort of job where you're going to, you know, build on the skills that we're teaching you here. And let's say you wanted to be an owner. That would have been my goal, right? Like, okay, cool. You know, I have a 10 year plan that I can own, open my own plumbing company, or I can open my own HVAC or electrical company or restoration or whatever it may be. And if I could just see the plan in front of me, and okay, these are the skills that I need to learn. I need to go work for somebody else for several years to learn these skills. You know, and look, I might have found a company that I became a project manager and went, you know what? I don't need to be an owner. I'm very happy here and I really like this job and it's a good fit for me. Um, and, you know, some people are entrepreneurial by nature. I think I am. I would have said, well, I need to learn all these skills and, and then I'm going to go out on my own. But my point is, is that, and I could be wrong because I haven't been to school in like 40 years, but, you know, I still don't think we're doing this. I, st I don't think we're selling the parents on this well enough. I mean, one only needs to read Josh's book. I'm going to quote it probably several times in the next 10 or 15 minutes. Blue is the new white. I mean, the statistics are staggering with the, you know, student debt versus how much you can make while you're getting trained. I mean, this should not be a hard sell to the parents. It should not be a hard sell to the, the kids, right? And if we could do a better job collectively, and I think part of the problem is, is that we're all in our silos. You get the restoration silo and the plumbing and heating silo and the, the silo and then that silo. You know, if we could have some sort of group togetherness, for lack of a better word or phrase, that, you know, could really get these younger people understanding that they can have an amazing life. And, you know, and this is what I used to have to do with my team to, to train them that this is not second class citizen stuff. You know, one of the hardest things I had, I had some very smart people working for me, working up, becoming managers and just getting them to believe in themselves that they weren't second-class citizens to their cohorts that went to college and now worked at a, a bank or something. And, you know, I remember Andy, who was um, our project manager, and Andy came to us really young. And, you know, he would kind of sometimes be like, oh, you know, I went to high school with this kid. And, 
you know, he works at this bank or this or that. I pull him aside, man. I'd be like, dude, that guy's making like half of what you're making. You know, he went, he paid four years of school, you know, and, and that's great. I went to college too. I mean, I somehow suffered through and graduated, but you know, I've been on both sides of this coin and your, your side's better. Your future's potentially even brighter than his and you have no debt. You, you're not starting with that, you know, behind that eight ball. So, you know, all the reminiscing tonight at dinner and leaving there really got me thinking about just how many people like me would have had completely different career trajectories. And maybe a lot of people are stuck in jobs now that, you know, they can never leave because, you know, they have kids and a wife and a house and all that. But down deep, they're like, man, I just want to be a plumber. Like, I just want to be an HVAC tech. Like, that would have been the perfect thing for me. So, you know, I don't have the answer, obviously. <laughs> but I think it's worth bringing up consistently and getting as many people, influencers in our industry and the trades as possible just to be talking about what can we do better to bring people in? You know, I mean, I'm not a believer that there are quote unquote, no good people out there. Or nobody wants to work. I have too many clients as my coaching clients that are, uh, you know, proof positive that that's not true. I'm not saying it's easy, but if you provide an attractive place to work, people will be attracted to you. And I think generally speaking, you know, the people who shout the loudest that there's no good people, maybe maybe they aren't the best place to work. Now, I'm not saying that's always true. And I understand that. I know for restoration companies, you know, it's hard work. It's 24-7 a lot of times. And it's not easy to keep people. It's not easy to get people to want to come in. So it's incumbent upon us as leadership to, to make it sexy, for lack of a better term, right? And I know that's not easy, but it's doable because there's plenty of companies doing it. Uh, you know, and I know this is a bit of a rant this week, but my big takeaway, I guess, from tonight's dinner when I walked out of there is how would my life have been different? How, what would it look like if I could have gained that 10 years back? If I could have gone on that trajectory, let's say, let's just say heating and air conditioning technician. If at 14, you know, I tried plumbing, I tried electrical, I tried heating and air, uh, tried you know, carpentry. And then I decided, okay, you know, I like heating and air best. And then all of a sudden I'm gaining eight, nine years of my life back that I didn't have to, you know, kind of float around with. And I could have got super, super focused and look, my life's turned out great. I had a great company. Larry and I sold our company a few years ago. There was nothing wrong with our trajectory either, but you know, I'm a person that likes to maximize things. And I'd love to have that eight years back because I think I could have, uh, with the right training and the right mentorship and the right kind of program, like I kind of laid out, like here's all the skills that you need to learn to get to these various levels. It would have been amazing for me. You know, I mean, they are doing it to a degree. I mean, you see the PHCC for the plumbing and plumbing and heating industry there, they're doing amazing work. Uh, Larry and I are doing some some stuff with them in California, trying to get people to understand that, you know, this can be super helpful. Uh, so it's not like there's nobody out there doing it, but it's just, it's an uphill battle. 
And the more of us that can get involved and the more of us that start talking about it, the better it's going to be for all of us. So you guys have an awesome week. This was definitely a short week. It sounded like a bit of a rant. It certainly was not meant to, but you know, think about, think about your career. Just take a moment, think back, you know, like what could have been better, you know, cause what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the kid who's like me, the kid who right now is 14 and he was like me. He liked sports and he liked being physical and he liked, um, you know, rolling around in the mud or, or, you know, the young girl is like, you know, I don't want to do any of these, you know, quote unquote, typical female jobs. Like I'm technically inclined. I'd be an amazing plumber. We have to get these people in and we have to make it socially acceptable, not only acceptable, encouraged to take a job in the trades because, just think, I mean, think through COVID. I'm going to end on this. We're having such a hard time getting people out to our houses to do work. And, you know, now all of a sudden we're working from home. Uh, everything's changed. We're spending more time at home than probably ever in the history of man. And, you know, you're waiting a month, six weeks for somebody to come. Why? Because there's nobody to work. There's no skilled technicians. I mean, I don't, I don't have the exact stats, but I believe for, you know, the skilled trades, the high skilled trades, you know, plumbing, heating and electrical, I believe, you know, everybody, the average age for a master plumber or master HVAC tech or a master electrician is like mid fifties. And I believe in, in, I'll have to look this up, but there, there's nobody behind them. So how do we run a society where we don't have skilled tradespeople doing the work that makes our, com- our country run, right? So we have to get better. We have to do better. We have to make this a highly, highly regarded line of work for the next generation. Um, and I think we can do that. We just have to be focused. So you guys have an awesome week. Uh, I promise Larry will be back next week. He's often much more entertaining than me. But, you know, what I really wanted, my goal for tonight uh, for this week's podcast was just to get you guys thinking and, and, and think about what you can do. Like if every one of us does a little bit, how much progress can we make? So you guys have an awesome week out in the field, uh, go slay it. And we'll see you back here next week. Blue Collar Nation podcast. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Nation podcast. For more information on what Eric and Larry do, please visit www.morningtechmeeting.com or visit us on our Facebook page, Blue Collar Consulting. Thank you and see you back here next week with another amazing episode of the Blue Collar Nation podcast.